0: Hello everybody, welcome back to Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. It's episode 44, number 44 of course. Uh, the uniform number of many greats including Reggie Jackson and we hope this episode, which is about the 59th annual Grammy Awards, will be just as much of a home run. Ah, <laughs> oh, sports, as the one's Reggie <laughs> sportsy as the one's Reggie Jackson used to hit. We are actually recording this on Super Bowl Sunday and that will be the extent of our contact with the game, I feel. If you're just joining us, I am your co-host, Sarah D. Bunting, and I am here with Mark Blankenship. Hello, Mark.
1: Hello! I don't know why I'm speaking this way.
0: I don't, I don't do the guffna. Um, There are some British nominees for the Grammy Awards, and here's why we're talking about the Grammy Awards. First of all, not to worry. We're not going over every single category with a fine tooth comb. We're just hitting some highlights. And second of all, we really wanted to talk about the Grammys this year because the Grammys last year... Are why mm. this podcast exists, I was sitting at my local, I was eating some mussels with garlic and drinking some salse in case anyone's writing a book, and I was what they had the Grammys on the TV and I was watching the weekend perform and thinking, I really wish that Mark Blankenship were here to talk about this with me. I wasn't specifically thinking we should start a podcast. I was just thinking that there's no one else in my life with whom I can talk about. Narrative, dramaturgical, lyrical construction, quite in the way that I can talk about it with Mark. And then Aww. he happened to call me the next day on another matter. I think we were nerding out about some form of narrative. I don't remember what. And I said, You know, Gucci, I was just thinking about you because I was watching the Grammys and wishing that you were there. And then somehow we like brainwaved our way around to starting a podcast, and I uh, learned to edit podcasts with, uh, you know, mixed success. (laughs) Thank you, listeners, for your patience as I learn about sound levels at L. Uh, But here we are. So we thought it would be a great opportunity to, like, revisit our origin story and then also... um, let go of some negativity about some of the nominees, I'm going to say. But yeah, we're just just hitting some highlights. Mark, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about which categories we'll be talking about and why?
1: Well, sure. First of all, I have to say how grateful I am that you had that idea and that you called me about it, because I cannot tell you how much fun this last year has been.
0: I cannot wait
1: for the next round of, I can't, not that we're stopping anytime soon, but I'm just so glad that we're doing it. So, yay, Grammys! Yay
0: us! Yay, listeners! Thanks for being here with us, and yay, Grammys, and yeah, on we go.
1: So, as Sarah said, we're not going to be discussing every category at the Grammys, because there are about 800 of them. But we we are. There's really a lot. But we're primarily going to be focusing on the nominees for Best World Music Album. Uh, this year is a really <laughs> exciting competition between Celtic Woman, Lady Smith Black Mombazo, and Yo-Yo Ma, as well as two other nominees. So, Sarah, what are your thoughts on Walking in the Footsteps of Our Fathers by Lady Smith Black Mombazo? Um,
0: it doesn't have a chance against <laughs> whatever Enya-ish entry is coming to us from the hibernian isles that's my uh that's my that's
1: right thanks everyone oh actually no that's not true i looked those nominees up just to make that joke so that tells you a lot about me i think and also
0: we're sorry to beat dicks about world music it is important and enjoyable (laughs) but uh
1: (laughs) we we don't
0: get paid for this shit so we're sticking to the headlines
1: (laughs) So what we're actually going to be discussing are two of the marquee categories, which are Record of the Year and Song of the Year. And for those of you who do not know uh, the distinction between the two, Record of the Year is the award that goes to the performer and producer, where Song of the Year is the award that goes to the songwriter. So in previous Grammy ceremonies, you'll see songs like I Got a Feeling by black eyed peas being nominated for record of the year because that celebrates the sound of the production the performance of will i am yelling or whatever but then you'll (laughs) see uh typically a lot of country songs although not this year being nominated solely for song of the year and not for record of the year because it is perceived often correctly that country music songwriting is more craft oriented and That's why those two categories exist as separate beings. This year, however, there are quite a lot of overlaps in both categories. In fact, three of the nominees for Song and Record of the Year are the same. But we're going to be talking about them throughout the day uh, and listening to clips of some of them. And I think that we should start, Sarah, if you don't mind, with Song of the Year. Yes, let's do that. Uh, What are our nominees, Mark? Our nominees are... Uh, Love Yourself, a song performed by Justin Bieber and co-written by Ed Sheeran. Oh, uh, okay. Sorry. We'll get to the end of the
0: list and then yes.
1: we can discuss. Then there's a song called I Took a Pill in Ibiza, which is by a guy named Mike Posner, who we'll talk about him in a second. And then there are the three overlaps, uh, Lucas Graham's Seven Years Adele's Hello and Beyonce's Formation. And again, all three of those songs are also nominated for Record of the Year. So I think, Sarah, let's let's kick it off with a clip. And I think that let's just get our uh, emotions on high by starting with a discussion of the song Seven Years by Lucas Graham, remembering that what you're about to hear was nominated for its Songwriting Craft.
0: Will I have a lot of children who can bore me? Soon I'll be 60 years old Soon I'll be 60 years old Will I think the world is cold? Or will I have a lot of children who can bore me? Soon I'll be 60 uh, years old Okay, okay. well, um, would you like to begin yeah. <laughs> because, Let spoiler, me... this, this will not be a positive review f- well, from your girl Buncy, So,
1: Well, Sarah, a few weeks ago when we talked about the Tim McGraw song, you mentioned that you had put that song on our list of potential discussion topics pretty much from day one. And I had put this Lucas Graham song on there about a year ago as well because I hate this song so much. <laughs> that it actually blooms in front of me like like a white rage flower and I think I've talked about rage flowers in other episodes recently now that I think about it but I okay so oh. also in this category oh no that's never mind that's in the record of the year but this is, you know I have at best a limited tolerance for songs about dudes who are maybe 24 but want to sing about how deep and powerful their lives are. But what I have even less of a tolerance for are songs where the protagonist seems to believe that everything that has ever happened in the entire world and happened to anyone else is ultimately about him. And the clip that I selected for this song that you just heard is the section that, to me, evokes that solipsism the most succinctly I almost said beautifully but I cannot use the word beautiful in conjunction when you are talking about the time that you wrote someone a letter and made them so happy and your woman brought children for you and you hope that one day they're there to keep you company I'm just like you are not Jesus I asked Tim McGraw he does not know you so I just that that's where I'm going to start with that but I have many more things that I hate about this song but that's opening for me Sarah. How, how about you um i
0: there's nothing that i enjoy about this song it's not it's not something where like there are other nominees that we'll be talking about that it's like i might not enjoy it but i i see why other people do and i see yes. its originality and its innovation we'll get we'll get back to those thoughts but like this seemed, first of all, his voice is not particularly pleasant. It's no. not, it's not, but it's not like unpleasant in an avant garde way or like a Bob Dylan workman like way. It's just not pleasant. Um, it, the lyrics seem like a let's look forward to looking back way are like this is the entire five for fighting catalog, which I also yes. have very little use for, but I feel like at least that's their, that's their thing. That's their brand is these like little interstitial songs that are used during montages on shows on the CW, which is a perfectly acceptable, lucrative lane, but five for fighting already in it, boo, <laughs> like to pull over to the shoulder and Not for nothing. I know we're not reviewing the video, but not everybody should take their shirt off. I shouldn't. Oh my god. He shouldn't.
1: (laughs) I felt like I was maybe really shallow for thinking that exact same thing. No, that I was just like,
0: someone has misinformed you. Like, I am not trying to body shame anyone, but it's like, no one needs to see me topless, except my (laughs) husband. And I especially did not want to see... And then it just seemed so like... Like what was that for? Yeah. And the and he's it's also just very it just seems affected. The whole thing seemed very affected and derivative, which is like I'd I would prefer that you be neither of those things, but you cannot be both. It really was I almost quit listening to the song without finishing it several times. Yes. And I actually could have, as it turns out, like by the first minute, you've got it, and you just, you're done. I don't, I don't understand what this song is doing here. I can't imagine, from a songwriting standpoint, that there was nothing else available. Yeah. Although, I mean, there are other nominees in this category. Like, I was actively annoyed by uh, Mr. Graham while I was aggressively bored by Justin Bieber, I I don't get I don't get that guy. I mean I'm an old lady, so of course I don't get that guy. But this particular song is like it's so confused emotionally from a lyric standpoint and I have trouble believing that that's the point of it.
1: You mean and, love yourself, right? Yeah, yeah and
0: and then his voice is kind of just. I don't know. This is just, I think one of those like tween dog whistle things that I'm just not, I'm not going to get it. It's like snap <laughs> It's like, girl, you two, You are 44. Like that's, <laughs> that's why it's episode 44. Cause you're old. Um. So yeah, that's how I feel about Lucas Graham, IE to it and viz. This is a D plus at best. And it's like a D plus photocopy of another kind of song that I didn't that I wouldn't have sought out either.
1: So if I may just also add one of the other things that I just find infuriating about this song, and this would really, I guess, apply more to the record of the year nomination, but here we are. It is, so Lucas Graham, first of all, is both the name of the singer and the name of the band. So I I just, it's like so arrogant anyway, but Lucas Graham, the band is meant to be a pop soul band, soul band. Now they're Danish, right? So that's okay. fine. I I honor you from be, for being from Denmark and having a hit, not that many days. That bands would have explain
0: some of the weird um like phrasings about yes. his future, past, baby, grandbaby, whatever.
1: The like, ESL quality, yes.
0: Yeah, that it was like, What what is that preposition? Like, this is creepy, so okay, that's that ticks well, it up slightly.
1: But then, Still though, someone should have said uh that someone who was perhaps a native fluent English speaker should have talked to him about the line. "Uh, Oh, what is the line? Oh, I just listened to it. It's the one about his, about the, the, the mother uh, having babies anyway. It, no, you mentioned
0: oh, it was like pregnant for you. I'm or something still, like I'm that?
1: still learning about life. My woman brought children for me so I can sing them all their All my songs. What? Okay,
0: well, at least, because I had written down a couple of lines that I was like, this whole, like, not brutalist, but, like, let's say primitive, like, we're smoking herb and drinking burning liquor, that it was like, alright, like, stop mining your journals from 8th grade. Like, drinking burning liquor, you're not Marc Lane, settle down. But the fact that they're not, that it is not their first language is... At least explains some of the stuff that I thought was Twee was actually just like it's not their first language, so sorry.
1: Lucas well, they also band <laughs> and man. The band is also from an area of Copenhagen called Christiania, where I've actually been, and Christiania is a place where a lot of legal drug activity happens in Copenhagen. So there's a lot of white Rastas there. Okay. Oh dear. <laughs> And I feel like that this song, to me, evokes what I found a little bit dubious about Christiania when I visited. It might be wonderful. (laughs) And you know what? I actually love Denmark. I've loved Denmark. But this little section of Denmark, and of Copenhagen in particular, it seemed like a good metaphor for what this song is also, which is a bunch of white dudes who have listened to the same Bob Marley album a hundred times and now have sort of denuded that style of music of all of its passion and have instead created this sing-songy copy of a copy like you said and that's what we're left with and maybe that's why the grimy voters like it because it's completely non-threatening i don't know the only other thing i was like
0: soul comes from and we'll be talking about this in a future episode actually uh something to look forward to but you can't just like borrow soul no. You have to live soul. And there's nothing wrong with, like, I, you know, I wrote as much pretentious poetry as anyone. It was required by my thesis in my major to do so. Right, And I look back at it now and it's like, who the fuck are you, 20-year-old Sarah? But well, on the other hand, no one was nominating my ass for a songwriting Grammy with good reason.
1: Well, and that's another thing, too, that that I find frustrating about these I-Can't-Wait- to remember songs you're not even 26 maybe you're not yet seasoned enough to be writing a song about the good old days and a, a woman that we'll be speaking about later adele does that too but she i think has a depth of performance quality and a sophistication of melodic understanding that allows her to get away with the slightly ridiculous things that she sings about in terms of how old she feels same with Lord, who's always singing about how old she feels. But if you're going to sing like that, you need to be more sophisticated than this sing-songy, nursery rhyme, ESL, smoking fake burnin' liquor herb mess. And now, to transition, <laughs> if I may, the other thing that drives me crazy about this category is the Bieber song, because Ed Sheeran, who is the current master of uh, fake sentiment Paddling? to me, yeah. yeah, there's just something... His songs have catchy melodies. Like, I can't deny that Love Yourself or this new song he's got out right now called Shape of You or his own I Can't Wait to to Remember the good old days song, Castle on a Hill. They've all got good melodies, Thinking Out Loud, whatever. But the this song is so gross to me because there's something about the song Love Yourself that I find really nauseating in a way. He's, he's like, there's these dudes are so proud to, to say really nasty things to this woman. And I just feel like, you know what, boo-boo? You're not so cute. And guess what, Bieber? I've got the receipts on you. And the receipts tell me that you're definitely not so cute. So back off me.
0: Well, and also, if it's like this cutesy way, the way the chorus is structured leading into the phrase love yourself, what he's clearly saying is go fuck yourself.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: grow up. Put a hand under your balls, wait for them to drop, and when they do, gather them up and write the lyric as Go Fuck Yourself. Otherwise, Go Fuck Yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're wasting oh. my time. Be a fucking grown up guy, Mr. I've Got a Whole Sleeve of Tattoos Now, like that proves fuck all. I mean, I don't really know anything about Bieber and his whole background, and if people have, you know, gotten joy from him, that's fine, but there's definitely this, like, well, I don't care about you, except I do. Oh, wait, I don't. Fuck you. Like, now I'm back with whoever, and it's, like, have the courage of the songwriting conviction and tell her to go fuck herself. Like, Uh, you... yeah. Because you're already a bad guy, whether you know it or not, because you're being a rude dick in this song. So, go all the way. Be a rude dick. Grow up.
1: Well, it's, like, case in point there's a song from the early 2000s by a group called the all-american rejects called gives you hell which Mm -hmm. has the courage to just be like i hate you when you hear this song i hope it gives you hell when you think (laughs) about me i hope it gives you hell and that song it's that song also by a bunch of dudes is actually pretty awesome to me because like you said it just commits and i do want to say I actually like a song that Justin Bieber released in the last 18 months called Sorry, which is from the same album, which is inexplicably nominated for album of the year, whatever. But uh, (laughs) I, I find that if Justin Bieber just becomes the voice for a dance track, I'm apparently okay with it, but not with this. But Sarah, I feel like now is a good time to transition to the Mike Posner song because even though I don't personally wanna listen to this song on my own, I respect the fact that what that song is about, I Took a Pill in Ibiza, is him realizing that he has been trying to be like Justin Bieber and that it's awful and he regrets it. And so this is a song about how he's wasted the last five years of his life. And I feel like, you know what, I respect that. There's actually seems to be something authentic in the story he's telling there. I don't know how you felt about that song, though.
0: Um, yeah, I didn't respond as positively to it. I mean, once you realize what it's about, the fact that um, in the video he's doing that tiresome take on um, Bob Dylan with the cards. Right. Ma- makes a little more sense and is a little bit more like th- the reference is less um, like ignorant and you know somehow pretentiously ignorant and more thoughtful um so and i also like that there's just like randos in the background like that guy who starts to come out to have a smoke and then is like oh and then it like (laughs) peeks out to see if the video's done like there is something like i respect i respect the like construction of the song and tonally I think he does a good job with it, and that he gets you right into his story is good. But I also feel like I, I'm not I'm not feeling as sorry for him as he maybe wants me to feel. And this is in the genre of like life on the road, ain't it so hard? That I'm not I'm not always a fan. Like y- right. you want to step to Bon Jovi's Black and White video, go g- ahead, but you're gonna have a you're going to have a tough time. But, I mean, as far as, like, as far as, like, comparing it to the Bieber and to Lucas Graham, miles miles ahead, especially in the songwriting category, that yes. I would agree that, like, even if it's not resonating with me, it does what it sets out to do quite effectively. So,
1: And I also will point out, there's a guy who's uh, writing I really love. Uh, his name is Chris Malanfi, and... I know him a little bit, and he writes about pop music for Slate, and he are noted recently that the last year or so has been hits by dudes who are whining about things, uh-huh. and all three all three of these songs fit into that category, and they all have kind of a downbeat sound, like nobody has any energy, <laughs> like, just sort of vaguely shuffling along and whining, and that's how I feel about all three of these songs.
0: Yeah. Pretty much. Um, Shall we move on to Record of yeah. the Year?
1: Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Yes, indeed. Record of the Year, where the nominees are Adele's Hello, Beyonce's Formation, the aforementioned Seven Years, uh, Rihanna featuring Drake singing Work, 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 Work. It make me wanna work, 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 Work. I say, Me, I wanna work, 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 Work. Oh, sorry. And then. And then uh, Drake
0: comes in and ruins the song, but I guess we can talk yeah. about that in a minute.
1: <laughs> And then also uh, 21 Pilots singing the song Stressed Out, which is yet another song about looking back and how things used to be better when... And all of these guys are also, like, 24 years old. Yeah, but like,
0: I, meta... You know, well, all right, we'll talk about it in a second.
1: Well, I think that's... I mean, I, we may since we may as well just wrap up the bow with all of the whiny dudes and just go right to 21 sure. Pilots. I will say, lyrically... This song does contain the following verse. Sometimes a certain smell will take me back to when I was young. How come I'm never able to identify where it's coming from? I'd make a candle out of it if I ever found it. Try to sell it. Never sell out of it. I'd probably only sell one. It'd be to my brother because we have the same nose. Like, that's a I love. Really... I
0: loved that verse. That was adorable. Yeah.
1: That verse, to me, elevates this song above all of the other ones that we've talked about so far.
0: Yeah agree um yeah it is it is in the sort of like i don't dislike the song but i'm all set with hearing it and right. like the lyrics sort of trying to get their arms around the fear of being derivative doesn't mean that the song isn't also derivative still <laughs> like I, I think they're not doing as good of a job having that um form reflect the function yes they might think but i don't like i don't despise this song and that lyric was wonderful and definitely like knocked it up a few notches but i also think you know the and their performance of it is very like um young not in an immature way but in a like We're just fucking around and riding bikes way that i think serves the material well so i do think that this is a a good performance i'm not sure it's going to punch its weight in this category though
1: right and i will say that to me this was actually the the last of the three hits that they had that i would have nominated for this award they also had a song called Ride that came out shortly after this one that I think is better than this. But then my favorite song that they released all year was from the soundtrack to the movie Suicide Squad, and it's called Heathens. And uh-huh. it's, it's really creepy, and it has sort of a similar light hip-hop sound as this song, but it's about how all of the guy's friends are heathens and that he's accepted the fact that he's always going to be on the wrong side of the majority's moral law. And right. that song is actually pretty good. But, you know, it's not nominated, so I guess we're not talking about it. Um, but if I may, Sarah, I think this now is a, is a high time to turn our attention to the ladies. And I, I, I think before we start, I don't know if you feel this way, but to me, the ladies are walking away with this category hands down three miles above the dudes.
0: Even within, even within a song... Actually, but let's talk about uh, Rihanna and Drake later. Let's since we earlier were contrasting um the Lucas Graham's relative success in looking back and sort of you know, morning days gone by versus yes. Adele's and since she's stepping to them in both songwriting and performance categories, why don't we listen to a clip of Hello right now and then talk about it?
1: I am going to listen to that right now. Hello, cool. ma Sarah, I, I give you the floor, the conch shell, if you will.
0: The Honesty Stone.
1: Yes. Um, listeners,
0: if you've never seen Bedrooms and Hallways, please rectify that immediately. Um, since Jennifer Ely is sort of like that, um, in my opinion, the acting Adele. Um, I... First of all, let me just say that I love Adele and in no small part because of her hair, which is uh, (laughs) something to which I aspire. She is so pretty and shiny. Um, And this warrior call chorus in this song is everything that music is supposed to do. It's everything that, that Wordsworthy in Sense of music as the first language is supposed to do. Mm, Um, mm. because you almost don't need words or she doesn't because she's Adele. We're, we're just people and we need lyrics. Here's my issue with the song. I don't feel that the verses match up with the intensity of this like Amazonian grief chorus. It's like they've deliberately been pulled very far back to set off the chorus, to contrast Mm. with it in this way that I often feel that, for instance, Céline Dion is like edited or her songs are built to sort of like the verses are like the steps up to the like. Flaming pyre of <laughs> oversinging. Adele is not oversinging. If this construction was intentional, it's well done. I almost didn't notice it, but for me, this is a little bit, just a little bit, dysfunctional narratively in terms of like it's not a seamless. There's like too big of a like gap in mm. some ways, mm-hmm. and like emotional intensity between. Um, the verses and the chorus, but not so much that it's like, the, you know, this is a messy disaster that I never want to listen to again. It is beautiful, and I think in terms of conveying like, if we're rewarding pieces of music for doing the emotional and narrative work that pop music is supposed to do, then this should probably walk away with... The award, I am not in the business of predicting these things, but I think this is my favorite song in the category.
1: You? So I love Adele as well, and I have listened to 25, the album that this song is on, so much since it came out in late 2015. And the Grammy eligibility window is the reason that a song that came out in October of 2015 is only (laughs) being awarded in February of 2017, but whatever. I feel like though that as much as I love twenty five, there is nothing on twenty five that is as structurally surprising as the songs that were on Twenty One. You know, like rumor has it. Do you know how well do you know Rumor Has It by from Twenty One? Uh, not well. So there's that's just a song that is a thumping bluesy jam until the very middle of the song when suddenly it just completely slows down and stretches out in the bridge and the piano part gets really uh tinkly and it and it just changes its attitude completely it's very surprising rolling in the deep is a song that is i think the and the opposite of what you were saying about hello and that you barely even notice that she's jumped into the loud chorus because she you, you've ridden so easily into it like the song right. has a propulsion to it or someone like you also has that sort of rolling thing into the chorus so i feel like that the songwriting here is a little bit more pedestrian predictable than anything on the previous album. There, I think this whole album, actually, 25, feels less innovative and more market-tested in that the songs are good because Adele is such a great artist, but they're not as surprising to me as the 21 songs. That being said, Hello came out, like I said, almost 15 months ago, And I still love it. I live in gleeful anticipation of the moment when she hollers. And I think that now that we're away from the massive hype that surrounded the arrival of this song, with the video and the flip phone and Matthew McConaughey dressing like her and all of that stuff, I think that it's easier for me now actually to appreciate the craft of this song as just being a song that I want to hear and not merely being... The vessel through which I can start thinking about Adele again which is what it was in some way when it first came out so right. all of that said I think that yes in terms of song of the year for songwriting I would give the award to this song for the I would not give it record of the year but we'll get to that another song that I would not give record of the year but that I still like is uh, work by Rihanna featuring Drake and as you mentioned Drake's appearance on the song I think is a little bit self-conscious and i don't know that you really have anyone trying to end you the way that you insist but i do dig rihanna's complete dedication to slurring her vowels in that island way sort of a nod to her own heritage and whatever and the song is just like a nice groovy beat and i'm not mad at it i don't know that it's my favorite rihanna song but you know i'm not mad at it i am not mad at it either
0: it does feel like, especially if you're, like, watching the video at the same time, which is so evocative, and she's wearing, like, all the fucking jewelry in all of the Virgin Islands, and then <laughs> a teeny bikini and, like, a, um like, Rasta-themed, like, mesh cover-up, and, she, I mean, she's just the best. She's such a boss, but she's also, like, such a human being, which is why when she's a yes. boss, it's the fucking best, and... The song and the video are like, it's just so, like, I'm pregnant again, listeners, um, with Rihanna With song. Jr. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, with a uh, little, uh, little worky, <laughs> little WJ. <laughs> um, because it's so evocative and you just sort of feel, like, sweaty and you can almost smell the ganja. And then Drake comes in. And it's like, take your nephew to work day. Like, and I like Drake and I think Drake is great. Um, but he, it's like, it's like he's coming into a grown up conversation about, I don't even know what, like sexual positions to talk about how his car broke down. Like, it just doesn't really work for me. And whenever mm. I hear the song, I listen until he comes in and then I'm like, yep, I'm, I'm good. Because he, like, ruins it. He, like, ruins the whole vibe. He's like, so what are you guys doing? Like, (laughs) we're being sexy lady bosses. Get out. Like, I don't know. Oh, man. I mean, like I'm anyone to be talking shit about Drake, it's really not about Drake. It's just that in this song, she, like, she is already slaying. And then he's like, hey, I'm also here because I'm Drake and for no other apparent reason. Like, uh uh-huh. Like, Mm. and I think this is why it's nominated because these are huge stars, not because it's, like, a functional pairing. Right. I mean, Although they do look is... beautiful together, but Rihanna would look beautiful with fucking Sean Spicer, so... <laughs> or Melissa McCarthy
1: as Sean Spicer.
0: Oh my god, there it is. Two to, to bosses, that's what I'm saying. Lady There's bosses. So many lady like... bosses. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh boy. Song... But yeah, I don't think that should win either. Do you think it, do you think it will, though, because of what I said? Do you think it's, like...
1: I do not, although Drake is also nominated for Album of the Year this year, but I think that this song is not as good as the previous number one hit that Rihanna and Drake had together called What's My Name, which is to me one of the greatest Rihanna songs ever, because I love Rihanna too. I think I have on my portable music device, like something like 26 of her songs. I think she's so good. And I mistook her at first for just being a producer's puppet back in the Pond Replay days, but she just isn't. And she has developed over the last 11 or so years, a really strong, exciting musical personality. And I really like listening to her. But to me, because this song is not as good as What's My Name, it's kind of out of the running and then if yeah. I'm being honest Another reason this song is out of the running Is because Rihanna not, has not controlled The pop music conversation The way that Adele and Beyonce have For the last 14 months Which brings us to the clip That we should now listen to From Beyonce's Formation Again, a nominee for both gr- uh, Record and Song of the Year So let's take a listen I got hot sauce in my bag I see it, I want it, want it. I yellow Cause I slack, I I I slack Well, Sarah, what are your thoughts?
0: Uh, I'm afraid that this is uh, in the same way that the last time we spoke about Beyonce, that that was not really for me. Uh, (laughs) Fair enough. I respect her as a brand, and I respect her as a boss, and I just don't like this song. Like, it takes, it doesn't seem to hang together. Like, Mm. I don't, I'm sure that's the point, but the sort of disjointed switching between modes, uh, like, just aurally doesn't, like, it just keeps knocking me out of phase with the song. Mm. And then some of it strikes me as the R&B equivalent of stand-up comedians being like, anyone here from Jersey? Like, it's just a little, like, this list of brands and signifiers that is a little bit hacky to me. Um, mm. like, this is just, this is just where I'm at with Beyonce, that it's like, whenever or like this whole, whatever, congratulations to the Carter family and to the impending like twins that will save us all from apocalypse. I hope they're ready to do, to do that. We're all counting on you. A nation turns its, uh, eyes dies to you. Lil Carter's like enormous Respect and admiration for her and her um, ambition, both, like, in the traditional sense of that word, but also in in her artistic ambitions. But it doesn't speak to me. I wish it did. I wish it did. Mm. But it doesn't. And she, like, I watched the video again with the sound off, and it relied very heavily on... Like, I tried it both ways, listening and no visuals, and then visuals and no sound. And this song relies very heavily on the video for me to succeed. It is beautiful and evocative, and I think almost her visual poetry works better for me than her sound.
1: But... Mm. Mm hmm
0: Yeah, like, I think this will probably win, because she's Beyonce, and that's how it is. But, uh, yeah, like... In terms of my preference among these five songs, I would put the Rihanna song ahead of this one because it just speaks to me somehow, even though I have even less in common. And we talked a little bit about comparing the two of them in our Beyonce episode that Mm -hmm. I don't know why. It's not like Rihanna's like one to one relatable to me either, but I don't know. There's just something about her that I'm like. That well, her song got oh, you okay. pregnant,
1: so there's at least that. Yes,
0: yes, it did. So we're relating on a <laughs> skintimate level. Um, so, but I want you to talk about uh, formation because I think, I mean, there's only so much I can say, because it's because it's not like it's not hitting me on that sweet spot, but it does you. So I want you to talk about that and also about why that, how that relates to its Grammy nomination.
1: So, well, first of all, so in Song of the Year and, Gra- and Record of the Year, which, which ones would you give the award to in both categories?
0: Um, Song of the Year, because it's a songwriting thing, um, I might, I think I actually would give it to, give it to Formation in Song of the Year. Because I think that the construction of it is is very ambitious. But then Mm. how it actually Even though you don't
1: feel it necessarily hangs together.
0: Right. But then record of the year, if, if that is more about performance, then I would give that to either... I mean, it's like the MVP in baseball. Like, are you awarding it based on who was the best player or who was really the most valuable to his team? I think the 21 Pilots performance might be more valuable to that song relative to the others, mm. but it's it's not going to win. So I would, I guess, give it to Hello. Because, you know, just the chorus alone will carry it. That's fine.
1: I would have no problem right. with that. So I would probably, in Song of the Year, as I said, I would give it to Hello, I think. Although, as I've talked about it, I'm like, huh. Because the songwriting isn't as interesting as... I almost won't almost give it to the Mike Posner song.
0: Yeah, I, I that the, would be my second choice. I think because he does do such a clever Möbius
1: with the form and the function there. But I'm if if Adele wins, I'm not going to be mad because I also if I were a Grammy voter and I had these categories in front of me, I would think well, I need to award something to Adele because she is such an all-around great artist. And to me, Album of the Year has to go to Lemonade, Beyonce's album, because that yes. album is. such a a bold political statement and a really innovative artistic statement in which she's covering like five or six genres in a single album, but she's using the album to make a coherent musical statement and then she paired it with a visual statement and it's just the most ambitious uh, musical project of the year and it has to win album of the year. Yeah, yeah, agree. And I just like Hello a lot as a song. So actually now that I'm talking about it, maybe I'm going to give record of the year to hello and then I would give song of the year to I took a pill in Ibiza and then album of the year to lemonade Hi. Right there that's my final ranking but that being said I think that formation is a great song and kind of like countdown to me one of the reasons I love it is I was confused by it the first time I heard it the pieces don't make sense upon multiple listens. But now I've heard the song so many times that I really get excited as I hear each piece stacking on top of the next and or the previous. And to me, the song works really well as a thesis statement about the entire album. Because if the entire album is about simultaneously the dissolution of a romantic relationship and the igniting of a woman's Romantic and political anger in response to that, then this song maps all of that out because it's like talking about how she is going to go ahead and do herself, and she's going to slay all day, and she will be taking her man to Red Lobster when and if she chooses. And I just think there's a nice overall summation of the Lemonade project in this song, and I just also think that that wow 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 wow, wow that like whatever that weird guitar string sound is is so hot and it's so weird and creepy and spooky and i just love it so for me though uh formation is a, is an awesome song but probably not as strong on its own as it as the project of which it is a part
0: okay so so these are our predict. so your predictions are
1: my predict well my predictions are that Adele and Beyonce are gonna split these two categories, and I don't okay. know which way it's gonna go. But my choices personally are Adele for Record of the Year and Mike Posner for Song of the Year.
0: Okay. um, I feel that Rihanna and Drake are gonna pick up record, and then Beyonce will just get everything else. Um, mm-hmm. but we'll we'll see. We'll see what we happens. Will see. And we'll see you, listeners back here next week with a little gladys knight who knows a lot about soul more than justin bieber i'll tell you that right oh work
1: work 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 you see me do me Mark and sarah talk about songs is hosted by mark blankenship that's me and sarah debunting and edited by sarah debunting today's theme song was written by laura barger and jack baldelli
0: if you'd like to place an ad request a song or arrange for my fine co-host mark to read your pop chart horoscope we'd love to hear from you you can email us at talksongs at gmail.com Tweet at us, at TalkSongs, or hit up our Facebook page. That's at Facebook.com slash And
1: if you like the podcast, let us know. Leave us a positive review on iTunes or the podcast download interface of your choice. And please download the music you hear legally. Until next time, this is Sarah. And this is Mark.
0: And, and this, this
1: is, is, Mark, is and Sarah. Mark and Sarah. Talk about, Talk about songs. songs. <laughs> Stretch it out.
0: Talk about songs. songs.
1: Begging something, please.